hear me? Or it doesn't matter, it's for the recorder. Okay. Okay, welcome to the Avoiding Procrastination Marathon meeting. My name is Carol. I'm a compulsive overeater and your speaker for this meeting. Hi, Carol. Hi. Uh, please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me this serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, before we get started, uh, we ask that all cell phones and other electronic equipment be turned off, even if you think it's off. Just make sure. This session is being recorded. All participants are required to sign the release form. Uh, to protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. Uh, the opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Please remember, OA members affiliated with related facilities or other 12-step programs are requested to speak on their recovery in the OA program. An Ask It Basket will be circulated for the question and answer portion of this session. If there is any press in the room, please respect our anonymity by not taking any pictures, using a video camera, or using our full names. The format of this session is as follows. I'm going to share for 25 minutes, followed by question and answers. For five minutes, followed by open sharing, an Ask It basket will be passed around. Please place your questions in the basket for our speaker. Okay. Um, I think I wasn't supposed to read that. I think someone else was, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> Avoiding procrastination. You know what? Maybe somebody else should do this talk. Get it? Obviously. <laughs> you guys, come on. Get with the program. Um. I uh, came into uh, OA in um, 1986, and uh, I, you know how some people come into OA and they, um, they, or they come into a program and then they think, oh my God, that is so me. I can so relate, like, oh my God. That wasn't my experience, okay? I came into OA and I was like, I'm so not like these people. I am so not like these people, except that I was so like those people. And um, I uh, took me a really long time to get it. Fortunately, I came into OA in Santa Cruz in 1986, and um, I met a lot of really cool people who basically made it so that going to meetings was like really connecting with cool people and um, who became my friends for life, a lot of them. And we were all sort of uh, kind of came in at the same time or slow, s close to that time. And so we all sort of muddled through what the hell were the steps. And Gray Sheet was, you know, um, Gray Sheet had just been done away with, but was still sort of there were remnants of it. And uh, so anyway, I, I'm not going to go into all of that at the moment. I just wanted to read a couple of quotes that I found today because I was thinking that um, I've had a hard week this week. I started a new job. Um, I am in a brand new other 12-step program because this one's not enough, apparently. And um, then uh, I had some health issues, and so I've had a hard week. And um, so... I was thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go talk at this, you know, meeting. And then I thought, wait a second, what if I was a newcomer and I was at this convention 
and some lady showed up and was sort of phoning it in. And then I thought, no, no. So anyway, I found these quotes today, uh, and they're about um, procrastination. And uh, the first one is, if you want to make an easy job seem mighty hard, just keep putting off doing it. And that really sort of, to me, was sort of representative about the steps and about really showing up and being accountable and stuff. Um, Until you value yourself, you will not value your time. Until you value your time, you will not do anything with it. Um, I used to just figure, whatever, it's all going to be okay, I'll get to it. You know, just going to meetings was somehow enough doesn't really work that way. Um, Yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is the only cash you have, so spend it wisely. I used to think that um, I was very focused on the past. You know, like when you work the steps, you find out that, um, you know, at least I found out that I was very, very stuck in my story you know, this is what happened, my mother did this, my father, that that happened, my stepfather was, you know, an ass, and, you know, this and my brother, and ba-da-da-da-da, and like, and then, you know, and if only I were thin, then everything, and that, you know, just kept on going on. So it was sort of like, um, I was very plugged into the canceled check part, and uh, I was also really plugged into the future that had never happened, and I was, you know, like, well, if I lost weight, everything would be okay, and then, you know, I could go shop in a normal store and, you know, go fill in the blank. Um, And the last one is, you don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. And that one is uh, Martin Luther King. And, um, you know, somebody once said to me that um, climbing a mountain is a big job, but you just have to, like, start at the bottom. You don't, like, start at the end. You start at the bottom, and then you just slowly go. And um, so the definition of avoidance in psychology, avoidance coping or escape coping is a maladaptive coping mechanism characterized by the effort to avoid dealing with a stressor. Avoidance is mentally or physically avoiding something that causes distress. Oh, I don't know. Maybe like looking at an addiction with food. I don't know. Maybe the feelings associated I don't want to feel. I don't know. Um, Procrastination is the practice of carrying out less urgent tasks. Oh, I don't know. Maybe like looking at SF Gate and the Daily Dish, like constantly refreshing. In preference to more urgent ones, I don't know, maybe like doing a 10-step or doing more pleasurable things in place of less pleasurable. The actor habit of procrastinating or putting off or delaying, especially something requiring immediate action. She was smart, but her constant procrastination led her to be late with almost every assignment. Um, I used to think... Before I went to graduate school, uh, I kind of had this attitude where I thought, um, God, you know how old I'm going to be when I finish graduate school? I'm going to be 40. And then I thought, well, you're going to be 40 anyway. So, you know, it's sort of like that with, um, with everything. Um, I came into OA, you know, 1986, and uh, I don't know, I... I uh, at that point, I probably gained 
I don't know, maybe 50 or 60 pounds. And uh, I never really understood what the hell abstinence was fully. And I was also 26, and you couldn't tell me how to do anything. So I had a little bit of an issue with authority, to say the least. Um, And uh, so in terms of this whole notion of, like, procrastination and avoidance, like, I was really big into... Um, I'm only going to go as far as I feel comfortable, and then I'm just going to push the rest away, and I'll get to that. And one of the things that I've learned is that the more I push away, the closer I bring it to me. So the more I have a resentment, and I'm, like, really invested in that resentment, the more I'm going to be, like, completely consumed by that resentment, that I'm, like, I'm not even going to deal with that, and it just consumes me, you know? So it's, like... It's like that. And so I started looking at um, what were the things that helped me to avoid procrastination now in my life. And um, the first one was a willingness to look at and address uh, what it is I need to do that's the next right thing right now. And um, when I was really into being unconscious in my life and unconscious with food, the last thing I wanted to do was actually look at what was going on. Um, It was a lot easier for me to focus on food and particular kinds of foods than it was for me to say, I'm really uncomfortable. I feel really afraid about this thing or I feel really insecure about that thing or you know, um, I'm uncomfortable in my own skin because, like, my clothes don't fit me because, you know, at one point I had gained 120 pounds. I topped out at 250, and um, which makes me sound like it's like a WWE thing, like coming in at 250. <laughs> um, and uh, But, you know, I, I topped out at 250, and um, I was in relapse between uh, 2000 and basically 2000 to 2009, I was in relapse. And uh, I'm, I'm going to come back to the avoidance and the procrastination. It really does all relate. Um, <clears throat> so I thought that since I came into OA in 1986 that I had this insurance policy of recovery because I had worked the steps uh, four, four times at that point and... Uh, I thought, well, I have a lot of recovery. But, you know, in a way, um, I, I hadn't ever had, I wasn't following a food plan. My abstinences were like, the first one was, I'm just not going to binge. So let's just say that didn't work out so well. Um, and then the second one was, uh, I'm not going to binge and I'm not going to eat sugar. But, and I won't eat white flour. And uh, that didn't work out so well either. Um, <clears throat> the other one was, uh, I'm not going to binge, but I'm, I'm going to eat a ton of food. And, uh, but it's all going to be, quote, unquote, healthy food. And um, so there was a lot of slip sliding going on with my abstinence, because my abstinence was always a, a thing that was built with a back door. And um, the back door was there in case things got too bad, you know, like uh, I was eating three meals a day, but, you know, I had to have a snack because, God forbid, I got hungry, you know, like, oh, my God, 
I mean, it, you know, I mean, it was so absurd to me now in retrospect because now I follow a how food plan and it's very black and white and I really love it because it gives me tremendous freedom from food obsession. And before I was really consumed with this whole like, I got to have a snack and, you know, maybe like I heard somebody say in a meeting once that they realized that a Caesar salad maybe didn't count as a snack. And, um, but that's where I felt like I was heading, where it was like, you know, oh, a tub of hummus and then these seven crackers and then I'm going to add these almonds and then, and that's protein. And, you know, it's a lot of this kind of like really, um, let's just say dysfunctional thinking. And that didn't really work for me. So in 2009, I came back to program because I had hit a very astonishing bottom. It wasn't just about being 250. It was about self-hatred and, um, like, I'd kind of gotten to the point where I maxed out the, of, uh, the procrastination and the avoidance card, and it was full, you know, like, your voicemail is full. So everything was full, and my relationships, like, a lot of them had just gotten really bad, and um, so... I arrived in 2009 back at program, willing to go to any lengths, willing to weigh and measure my food and eat three times a day. At that point in time, I hadn't gotten into how because I thought that how was like um, the Masons and there was like a secret word and I thought everyone was rigid and crazy. So, you know, that was very helpful thinking. And it took me a little bit of time to um, get to the willingness um, where one day that seemed like a really good idea to follow a food plan. My abstinence was three meals a day. I had one or two snacks. I didn't eat late at night. Um, I, uh, you know, my food was pretty clean. um, And uh, and I started to lose weight. And my sponsor at the time had said to me, you know, uh, a lot of compulsive overeaters are gluten intolerant, and so you might want to you know, give up gluten. And at the time, I was eating one piece of rye bread, and I thought that that was sort of like the holy grail, that one piece of bread. And um, and so she said, well, you know, you might want to give that up because, uh, you know, a lot of compulsive overeaters have this problem. And at first I thought, are you insane? Like, give up that piece of bread? It's just one piece of bread. Like, what? what's the big deal? And But I thought, okay, you know what? I can do this for a week or two, and I'll just, you know... And I did that, and uh, and I really didn't feel so good. And then through that whole process of detoxing from gluten, I found out that I was a celiac person. And so it was a real irony because my binge food had been um, Chinese food. And suddenly I had had this incredible uh, allergy to soy. And so it was a real blessing because, um, you know, it was that thing that people say, you know, God does for us, but we can't do for ourselves. And so there went all the bread, and there went all the Chinese food. And um, so I uh, I found out that um, by giving up those things, that suddenly, you know, the no flour and the no sugar, there were suddenly no cravings. And this was a real... Uh, astonishing thing to me because I had avoided doing this for a really long time because I didn't think it was possible to give up bread and I certainly never thought it was possible to give up grain. I just thought that was some kind of crazy rigid thinking and um, 
that, you know, I don't know, crazy rigid people did, and that wasn't going to be me. And so here I was, uh, I, I had lost, um, well, okay, so I, I continued to lose weight, and, um, and then uh, almost two years ago, I got into how, because I just sort of reached this point one day where I, I just, I don't know, I came to a, a certain point, and I thought, you know, I think I want to, like, follow a real food plan. Like, I think uh, I think I want to do that. Like, I just want it to be, like, very cut and dry. And um, and so I started doing that. And I had been a person in OA who had lost weight and gained weight and lost weight and gained weight. And there is nothing worse than being overweight and being in program and having a lot of recovery and saying you're abstinent and you're not. It, it's the worst. It's just, it's like, it's like this thing where you walk around, you know you're living a lie, and, um, but it's like you're somehow towing a party line that you've created for yourself. And um, so by following this food plan and then by answering the 30 questions that go along with that and by starting to work the steps for a fifth time at this point, which I hope you're getting the whole, like, willingness thing here, um, everything really started to change. And I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would lose 92 pounds and um, because I was never able to lose weight. Like I, I had lost maybe 60 pounds or so when I was on like my abstinence coming out of relapse. But then, you know, once I started doing the how plan, I don't know what the deal is. It was like, I don't know. Somehow I, I answered that, you know, like the Mason's question. It was like weigh and measure. I don't know. It was like, so anyway, um, so that happened, and by being willing to go to any lengths, um, I would have to say that my life has really, really changed, and by avoiding procrastination, my life has really, really changed. And so continuing on with the list um, about what I do to avoid procrastination. Um, so the other thing is I pray and I meditate to become more centered and clear about what might be the next right action and how to be okay with it. Because I think that part about how to be okay with it, that's kind of a big deal because it's one thing to get a sense of like you need to make amends to somebody or you you know, you need to talk to somebody about an issue you're having or you need to not buy that particular food that you think is, uh, you know, a little too interesting. Um, and so it's the thing about being okay with it, you know, being willing to just sort of go, oh, yeah, you know what, like, maybe that, oh, okay, whoa, wrap it up. Okay. Um, Sorry. Um, I'm the timekeeper, and you, you actually have uh, five plus three with eight minutes. Okay. Sorry. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Also, number three, having gratitude for what I have and letting go of, uh, of doing the thing I want to avoid perfectly. And the perfectly part is really important because I am a perfectionist and, you know, so I, I do want things to be completely perfect and they never are. So, um, okay, planning ahead with my food um, and my time, which is a big deal. Um, weighing and measuring so that I have freedom from food obsession because that's a really big deal because... Um, like, I eat uh, an egg at breakfast and a quarter cup of ricotta cheese. And if I didn't measure that ricotta cheese, then I would be a bad person. Like, I would go through my day and I would think, like, you know, you didn't really, like, you might not have, that was too much. I mean, it's going to be like a whole crazy little, like, 
thing. And I want to be able to be available to life, not have food be the big deal. Um, the other thing is uh, loving what I eat. Because if I don't really love my food, then forget about it. Then, I mean, I have this person that I work with, and sometimes she'll say, yeah, you know, I didn't have any vegetables, so I had a can of green beans. And I just think, like, I'm throwing up in my mouth right now just saying those words, a can of green beans, okay? Like, that's not going to happen. Um, okay, uh, asking for help from my sponsors and my fellows. Like, that's a very big deal for me to ask for help. And as a compulsive overeater and a person who you can't tell me how to do anything, it's a very big deal for me to ask for help. And um, in Going to this other 12-step program now, I have to ask for a lot of help, and it's been very humbling, just as asking for help with my food and trying to understand the steps and trying to understand, like, dealing with how I feel. Um, So, okay, uh, writing 10 steps. This is big about avoiding procrastination. Um, Writing 10 steps, doing my step work in a timely manner, not sitting on and or hatching the step. Uh, I guess that maybe resonates for a couple of people. Um, I don't know. Uh, the uh, Also breaking up the step into, like, manageable parts, because sometimes, you know, I mean, steps can be kind of wieldy. It's not like you go, oh, I'm, I'm doing my uh, eighth step. I'm done today. Like, you know, it's kind of a process. So uh, that's a helpful thing. Also um, making an action plan and getting support and guidance from a sponsor or a fellow and committing to schedule times to like call them because that's really good it makes me accountable and that's very helpful and then I'm moving forward and then I can show up for life and I'm not thinking that you know I should get any kind of particular food um then also when things come up for me I always reach for the phone I email people I start to write what's going on so it doesn't overwhelm me and I'm not isolating and smothering myself with fear. Now, I know no one else probably ever experiences that, but for me, that's a thing. Um, uh, I also go to meetings. Um, five. Oh, I have five to go? Have okay. Um, okay, I, I sponsor and I do service where I can. Um, another thing is uh, I try to be open to being wrong. Now, that's a big one for a person who's a perfectionist, and it's like that saying where people say you can be happy or you can be right, and you get to decide. And um, so I try to practice being open to being wrong, and let's just say I'm wrong a lot. Um, I make outreach calls to stay connected and to not dwell in isolations because um, – isolation, there's an S there um, – because uh, I, I tend to isolate a lot. I'm really content to stay at home with my cat and just, like, watch TV for an incredibly long amount of time. And, um, you know, he doesn't care if I'm catty. So, you know, like, it's okay. He doesn't care if um, my shirt has a stain on it. But, you know, it's good for me not to be isolated. So um, the other thing is I try to share myself with others. And it doesn't have to be a cast of thousands, but um, it's just, like, that thing to, like, let people in one person at a time, that's really big for me with avoiding procrastination because it's really easy to just kind of stay isolated. Um, Also, feeling my feelings that I might not want to feel, which is uh, having a willingness to look at what's beneath my discomfort. And um, I know that I'm probably the only person here, but um, I, you know, 
I'm just going to say that for me, it's not about the food. It's about what I don't want to feel. And so, you know how they say in the preamble, oh, you know, food is cunning, baffling, and powerful. I don't personally believe that. I think food's fairly inert, but my brain is very cunning, baffling, and powerful. And so um, when I don't want to feel my feelings, and then I, you know, start to subvert that by uh, hanging out, reading, like, Salon or the Daily Dish or, you know, what are the shoes that are, you know, hot now online or whatever. Um, ultimately, it's because I don't want to feel something. So um, so it's important for me to look at that stuff. And then ultimately, um, the last thing that I was going to say is um, to let go of the outcome. When I first started uh, coming out of relapse, I... Um, I just tried to focus on my food for today. These were the meals I was eating. This is what I was doing. I'm going to call that person. I'm making these outreach calls, and it was just for today. And I wasn't plugged into, oh, I need to lose this amount of weight. I need to get to this thing. I just had to let it go. And I that has really helped me a lot to let go of the outcome because I was raised believing that um, – it was all about the outcome. And now I know it has nothing to do with the outcome. It has to do with right now. So that would be my big, uh, that's my big closer about avoiding procrastination. <laughs> so. Um, it looks like the wires got crossed about timer and moderator, so maybe I'll be the moderator. Okay. Do you want to? Do the thing and then. Thank you very, very much, Carol, uh, for your share. Um, I will now draw questions from the Ask It basket for five minutes. Yes. Five minutes and then um, three and then three minute shares. Okay. So. Okay, that one is just a thank you. Um, this one is a bill. No, it's not. Um, does procrastination in other parts of your life affect your eating? If yes, how do you deal with this? Um, let's see. No, not anymore. Um, procrastination in other parts of my life uh, was all about my eating. Um, when I was an undergraduate and I would hit a hard part and something I was working on, I would then go cook a pound of spaghetti and then eat it all and then usually pass out. And, um, and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't really break through these things that were challenging to me and the stuff I was doing. And so that would definitely be how procrastination and avoidance definitely affected my life then. But now, um, if I'm dealing with something hard uh, that I want to procrastinate with, that's when I usually start making phone calls. That's when I try to reach out to people because, you know, I'm just not into being uncomfortable. I'm really so... Over it. I don't know. My tolerance level is just not very good anymore. Um, if you had discovered OA sooner, 
would your life have changed? Um, no, no. I mean, you know, I came into OA when I was 26. I was uh, way too cool for OA. Um, uh, just like, you know, so so talk to the hand. Um, and <laughs> like, <laughs> yet I, uh, the whole reason that I kept going to OA was that I thought I was too cool for school, but I was um, binging from the moment I got up until the moment I went to sleep, afraid, seriously afraid, that I might burst and dreaming that I'm bursting. And, uh, you know, so that wasn't a lot of fun. So I, I don't think so. Uh, do you have any comments or experience with procrastination around not slipping or chronically breaking abstinence? How can I stop doing this? Um, so I had to hit a bottom. Um, and I had to hit a bottom. I had a lot of bottoms. But the last bottom, when I was 250 and when... I had raised the whole foodie mentality to a high art form, which justified how I could eat certain things that previously, when I was quote-unquote abstinent, but I really wasn't, um, but I told myself that I was, uh, I, I had to hit a bottom with all this. And um, because for years... I had been slipping and slipping, and I had been justifying food, um, you know, massive quantities of cheese, that it was okay because it was um, a protein. Um, you know, all kinds of things were okay because they were a protein. Um, and I just justified extremely inappropriate behavior with food because I didn't want to face my feelings. And I certainly didn't want to be accountable for the way that I was really eating. And I was really ashamed of it. And so because it was so overwhelming, I just kept on doing it because I didn't believe there was any other way. And when I hit a bottom, when I realized that I was so unhappy and so filled with self-hatred and self-loathing, I just, I just was willing you know, I just had to be willing to do whatever it took. And that meant not worrying about what was going to happen in the future, but to just deal with my food for today and to weigh and measure my food for today and to call people in OA and to be accountable to those people and to work with a sponsor and to be honest. And just by turning that corner helped me to get out of the slipping um, as far as the chronically breaking of the abstinence, I had to reach a point where I could um, have an abstinence that I could live with, that I was willing to live with, and a way of eating that I was willing to live with, as opposed to something that was really not possible for me to follow because, you know, that that's part of, like, perfect abstinence. and I don't know who has that. Um, so... Um, all I can say as far as the how do you stop breaking your abstinence is um, that it's just for today and it helped me to come out of the isolation 
and to reach out to people because pretty much everybody who really is abstinent is really open to talking and to connecting because they don't want to break their abstinence. So that's all. I think that's it. Um, would people come up here and talk? Or? Yeah, we okay. will now, thank you. We will now have three-minute shares. Please stick to the topic and stop sharing at the end of the three minutes. You must sign the recording release form before sharing. And um, this is the recording release form. Um, so... Uh, Please come up if you have something to say about avoiding procrastination. Would, would you like to time? Or? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll time. Recovery up for grabs. No, you didn't. Thank you for your service. I think they just told me the wrong thing. They were supposed to tell me moderator. Because the cards were next to me and no one was sitting next to me and I'm like, oh, where's the thing where it's in the office? I'll share about procrastination. I'm Sophie Compulsive Overeater. Hi, Hi. I'm grateful to be here and grateful to be in a room because I feel like this is... um, Procrastination is the reason why I'm a compulsive eater, I think, because I uh, spend a lot of time in my room being afraid to do things and respond to the world around me when I was little, and um, and my family threw a lot of food in my direction that was really good, and um, along with their love, so all that patterning, you know, made me into a really good compulsive eater, and um, but it also. Um, expanded into a bunch of other behaviors around money, working, um, and working tirelessly. Like I would work really, really, really hard, um, so hard that I, you know, I could justify the fact that I wasn't actually doing what I was responsible for and what I was responsible for was not clear. And then that goes right back to the food because if I don't really have a clear plan about my food, you know, what am I actually going to eat today and be accountable for, um, if I'm so busy and tired that that then that agrees it agrees with the same line of thinking. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm so tired. I can, you know, of course I'm working so hard, so I can do whatever I want. And um, but when I do whatever I want, I end up very sad, alone with my cat, um, watching TV with bags and boxes and bottles of things. And um, but when I don't. At, you know, what is the thing that turns the direction? It really is that one little thing, and I think I've been I've been fortunate to have a lot of I've had a couple of people in my life that have modeled that, which is when I've been crying, upset, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is so terrible. I'm so overwhelmed. Da 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 da, and I just ate a donut too, um, and I've had. People say they spend time with me outside of a meeting after that and just say, what's happening? What can you do right now? Can you go to the grocery store? Like, do you have any food in your house? Um, it just, um, like some of those brass tacks actions of like, 
um, yeah, I really like, this is what's on my food plan, but it doesn't exist in my house or my work or is anywhere nearby. So, um, you know, what's my part? Well, my part is to do the one little thing, which is make the time to go shopping, to think ahead for a second. And also, I think the accountability part is super helpful for me. I have to say what, it's not enough just to be willing to do the action. I need the reinforcement of telling someone, like my sponsor, um, that I did the action um, and that I'm grateful for that. And um, and then that cycle seems to help me get out of the, I'm afraid of doing this thing and making a mistake or not doing it perfectly or... Um, and just keep coming back. I mean, actually, if I procrastinate, I don't procrastinate about coming back to meetings. So um, that's it. Thank you. Hi, everybody. My name is Colleen. I'm a food addict. Hi, Colleen. Thanks for your share. Um, I think the, one of the most important things I've learned in this program is the saying, do the next right thing. Because for whatever reason, I have a tendency to get overwhelmed, but I can very quickly, I've learned, I can very quickly shake it down to what do I do next within you know the next hour. And if I keep following that, because there's times I just get so overwhelmed, if I keep following that, I can, you know, at least I'm doing a couple of things right that day. Um, another thing for me about pre- procrastination is fear. So, for example, uh, not even talking about food, but let's say I don't feel like paying my bills. I don't feel like doing my, you know, reconciling my checking account. What's that about? I'm afraid I won't have money. Um, so a lot of it is for me about fear. I love the way you mentioned uh, scrolling through SFGate. Um, it's, to me, it's not even about eating my way. Uh, the food to me is not an issue. It's, now it's electronics. I hate to say it for me, but it's true. Um, you know, spending hours upon hours screwing around with the Internet. To me, I'm handing my life away. So this, these are new things I've discovered in the last couple of years. Um, so for me, it's all about a work in progress. It's staying close to people in the program and hearing, you know, people talk about that kind of stuff because I think, oh, it's just me. Um, and, you know, it's so good for me to come to meetings and just hear it. Not, I don't like to hear people suffering, but at the same time, hearing suffering and what do you want to do about it or, you know, wh- what's going on, what do you think you're going to do, calling my sponsor, making a commitment, making a list, and not beating myself up if I don't accomplish it because, you know, I, I'm crap if I don't do 500 things today. Um, also sitting in a meeting and say, hey, this week I'm going to do X. And if I say openly in a meeting, I probably will do it. Um, although there's, I'll just say this. The other thing is um, I've spent a lot of years in OA with good girl, bad girl stuff. And I have to really be careful with that because I know this program in the big picture is not about beating myself up. It's not about beating myself up with a food plan or anything else. So, thanks. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm Penny. I'm compulsive a reader. And thank you so much for your share, Carol. I really appreciated it. And I really uh, appreciate this topic because um, – I think, I mean, I've, I've always been somewhat of a procrastinator, but I think it's, it's 
um, from being in this program that I realize the very deep and profound um, damage that it can cause me. Um, and the other thing that I've realized from being in this program is the major confusion I have about when I'm procrastinating and when I'm actually taking a legitimate break because I've worked out. Like, I have no idea. So that's always a very difficult thing for me. Like, is it like, I'm just going to sit and watch this video because I'm avoiding all this stuff? Or am I just watching this video because, you know, I've worked hard today? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I still don't. Um, so this program allows me to sort of try to figure that out a little bit um, because, you know, procrastination will eventually lead me to self-loathing, which will eventually lead me to food, which, you know, there's that whole cycle, 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 cycle. And I had a wonderful example. I just want to say I'm so grateful to everyone in this room and be, to be part of this fellowship. I had a great example of um, using program around procrastination. Um, last weekend I was actually at a different conference for my uh, profession. And um, so the first day I got there and, you know, it was like the, the, it was starting, right? And I'm sitting in my hotel room and I could tell that I was like not leaving the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like procrastinating jumping into the conference. You know, I was like, well, there's a Big Bang Theory, um, you know, <laughs> rerun marathon going on right now. Hmm, I wonder if my employer would mind if I did that instead of going to the meeting. And it was very hard because I could see that I was doing this, you know, and I was, I was definitely trying to practice self-acceptance, but I still needed to get myself out of the room. So finally I was sitting there, and I did hear that, and I actually texted a whole bunch of program friends, and I was like, hey, guys, I can't get out of my, you know, I'm at this conference. I can't get the hell out of my hotel room. Help, you know what I mean? Like, i got to get out of here. And so a bunch of people texted me back. One person actually called me, and I literally stayed on the phone with this friend and um as i went i said okay i'm in the elevator you know and in the past i either would have watched big bang theory um gotten something to eat or beaten myself bloody for even having these feelings and so doing this new thing where i just said hey guys i can't get out of my hotel room like i don't have to feel like a weirdo and i don't have to feel alone and i actually was able to get out of my hotel room go to the conference and it was a good conference so i'm eternally grateful for this fellowship and this program Thank you. Hi, my name is Andy. I'm a, actually a sugar addict and a compulsive overeater. Um, and Carol, thank you so much for your share. Procrastination's been a huge issue all my life, as I uh, imagine for many of us it is. And I've been a, a compulsive overeater. My earliest memories were of binge eating. So it's just the, the two have gone hand in hand. And what was amazing is this time through in program, when I, I'm in How, and what I love about a How Abstinent program is that I send in my food the night before, and I, can't, I don't think about it during the day. I, don't, I can't make any decisions. I'm not involved in my food. Um, it's already done. It's taken care of. I'm just going through my day. And it left so much room for my life. So if I can't occupy myself, like mulling it over and fantasizing about what I'm going to eat on my way home and trying to make decisions, I had room to do everything else. So that helped tremendously. And then when the eighth tool was introduced, um, which it's the same in 
OA, right, the action tool um, in general OA, it, it just, it, it, it's a miracle. Like, it's actually a tool to keep me away from the food. And when I'm still struggling with it, occurred to me probably about eight months ago, I, you know, I do expense reports for, you know, because I travel a lot for work. And it got to the point it was so bad that they actually assigned me someone's admin to do the expense reports for me. So all I had to do was get in my receipts. And she would... Um, email me and I would avoid it and avoid it and avoid it and she would finally call me and say I've set aside my entire day the day before the end of the month is yours you just need to get me and it was just like I couldn't figure out you know and I keep them in one place in my wallet and I realized that that's compulsion that every time I open my wallet and the expense you know the receipts are in there that's compulsion I am a compulsive procrastinator and it, it walking by loads of laundry in my house or leaving the dishes piled up on the seat, like, and the sink, clearly there's something still about that that helps me run away from my feelings and my emotions. And uh, my prayer, and this is why I wanted to share, is just to share it with all of you today, because if I say it out loud, maybe, who knows, maybe I'll hear myself, which is that, you know, I just hope I can... Um, figure out what those feelings are that I'm running away from because I just started my own business and if I'm not networking, I'm dead in the water and uh, networking is a big thing I'm procrastinating on. So um, thank you all for being here and allowing this topic to exist. We have time for one two-minute share, if someone would like to come up. Hi, I'm Nancy, grateful recovering compulsive reader. Hi, Nancy. Hi. Sign my name away here. Okay, so... When I think of procrastination, I think of uh, paralysis. I feel like, so I have an example, um, and I start thinking about it. Something my husband has wanted me to do for the last year, and it has to do with our finances. I don't know if you guys can relate to that finance thing when it comes to procrastination, but... um, And it's going to make a huge difference in our lives financially if I do this thing. I don't have to go into details. The details aren't important. Um, it's going to benefit us. And I keep putting it off. And every time I think about doing it, it's so interesting. I want to go eat. Or I want to go watch TV. Or I want to surf the Internet. I just don't want to do it. And today, what's today? Thursday, I sat down to do it. And I had to call this person. And I was on hold for like 15 minutes and I had to go. So I actually took the phone. I had to go take a shower because I had to go somewhere. I took the phone into the shower with me, put it somewhere so it wouldn't get wet. You know, I had this whole, like, I'm going to take care of this because my husband was home and he said, are you going to do it? I mean, it was like, you know, do this. And then I got disconnected. And so um, 
I have not done it again. So I just want to commit to all of you. I had to get out here and just commit that on Monday morning, first thing, because I, yeah, I have to do it during the weekday, that I'm going to do this because it's going to save us a lot of money and it's going to get the crazy thinking out of my mind and I will not be paralyzed ever again. Yeah, right. Okay, thanks. It's now time to close this session. Um, let's thank, uh, please, uh, let's thank all those um, who have done service for this session and all those who have spoken. Please stand and join hands as we close with uh, the OA promise. I put my hand in.